Well, welcome back, finally, to a, another episode of Fairweather Friends. I'm Andy. Uh, here with me, as usual, is my producer, Poe. Say hi, Poe. Or just stare at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. He's really good at doing that, by the way. Um, so, yes, elephant in the room. It has been a couple of weeks since uh, since we've put out an episode, so... Uh, we do want to apologize profusely uh, for the time. Uh, it's become a little bit of a, of a challenge just given schedules and and whatnot and my brain working the way that it, it should be working in order to do this. So um, we've made some adjustments to uh, the way we do the show. We still are going to be featuring friends uh, from near and far to share their perspectives. Uh, but we uh, will be focusing on uh, various topics uh, as we go through the episode. Um, music uh, will still be one of those topics, but um, may not always be a prominent uh, featured album or anything like that. Um, so I hope that's okay with you. Um, because, I don't know. Uh, if it's not, that would make me very, very sad. Oh, so uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of you have talked to me about is just uh, wanting to know more about updates uh, in terms of like what's going on with me. I mean, friends friends uh, do like to check in on each other and see what's going on. So I don't, <laughs> I always joke that my life isn't all that terribly exciting. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to, to boil down to a couple of things. Um, I guess uh, what's going on so far is a, a lot to do with uh, the sorts of topical things uh, our topic this week which will we, which we will be talking with um, my brother uh, first time guest a uh, longtime brother uh, on is politics our reaction to the midterms and just sort of the political climate in our respective areas uh, so something interesting that kind of happened to me was uh, the fact that I finally became somewhat Twitter famous. And I really didn't because by celebrity standards, it was barely even a blip on the radar. But uh, I had tweeted something in response to uh, the feud uh, between um, Elon Musk after taking over Twitter uh, and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, because she, you know, basically called him out on, you know, charging the twenty dollars or or eight dollars or whatever whatever amount it is now, um, for the, you know, the proverbial, like seal of approval thing that he was trying to push out, which really kind of became a huge mess. So uh, by the time this episode airs, we may not even have Twitter, and it might be a, a relic of the past. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, she called him out on that. And then uh, my tweet was in response to that. Um, it was in response to uh, something that he was trying to uh, troll her about, about charging, I think, $58 for one of her campaign sweatshirts, um, you know, as a way of, I guess, kind of saying that, you know, oh, well, look who's making money, who's trying to make money also. Um, and then I, I, all I did was I just went to his uh, Tesla website and pointed out the fact that 
uh, he himself uh, charges seventy five upwards of upwards of seventy five dollars for a sweatshirt, um, and that was all I said about it. I was just like, "Oh, okay," and I literally just posted a, a photo, uh, a screenshot of that. Uh, well, anyway, that blew up. Um, like people started liking it, retweeting it, commenting on it, and I kind of got a little bit of a taste of what what it's like to to be a person that that people just come after all the time because I had to disable notifications. Uh, but some of just the sheer vitriol that came from just that one thing. I mean, there, there were people, um, I mean, I, I became completely disengaged because people were were criticizing me for my response uh, all the name calling, all the vitriol, all that other stuff, and yeah, I get that most of that's it's bots or or whoever, um, and then the people, of course, that were that were trying to be supportive of the point that I was making. There were just this whole back and forth, and just became a better veritable war zone, and uh, yeah, all all over sweatshirts, um, which you know I think are are indicative of all of the world's problems globally and, and locally. Right. Um, yeah. And so that was, uh, that was my big, the, the one tweet that, that I put out into the universe. That's the one that got the most traction. So that was, that was kind of fun. Um, other than that, I mean, that's, uh, pretty much like the most exciting thing that's happened to me other than I had to break into my house again a couple of weeks ago. Um, no, maybe we last week I, um, it was one of those rare, uh, nights where it was raining a lot here in San Diego. And so, um, you know, the houses here are old and infrastructure is, is not where it needs to be. Uh, so, any prolonged amount of of rain results in flooding and all kinds of things. But the what made it especially um, noticeable this time was that there's also wind. So it was cold, rainy, windy by by San Diego standards, mind you. Uh, but it was about I don't know three o'clock in the morning or so, and I am awakened to the sound, you know, the rain falling and a lot of rain. You can tell when when it's saturated uh but when the wind goes the um we have gates on the side of um of my house that the the back neighbors um go through to get to their place and when they're not closed properly they kind of creak in the wind and then slam against the against the the side of the house because it's attached to my house so i'm awakened to this and thinking well crap i'm gonna have to um I'm gonna have to get up and go close that because it's it's gonna drive me bananas all night. So I'm in my pajamas and I put my shoes on, and I open the door and I have the front door and then there's uh, one of those wrought iron screen doors that that has the two locks, you know, the the lock on the knob and the deadbolt. So sometimes out of habit, when I open that screen door with the knob as I'm opening it I automatically engage the lock because I'm usually leaving the house out of there so I open it engage the lock so I just have to close it 
you know, and then and then lock the the deadbolt. Um, so I did that, and as soon as I closed the door uh, and made sure that it was closed because I didn't want Poe escaping, uh, I I realized my error and um, just had that oh shit moment, knowing that I was locked out of my house. Uh, and so again, this is three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I did have shoes on this time. The, the previous time this happened, I didn't. Uh, but I have obviously no keys, um, no phone, uh, no really other plan other than to, well, okay, I got to find a window to break into. Uh, so luckily, even though it was San Diego cold, there's still, there was still one, one window in the house that was open, cracked open enough that I could, I could, uh, climb up and into that. And of course, you know, that whole experience was very confusing uh, and probably terrifying for Poe because I, I disappear out the front door and then he just hears these, <laughs> the noises of me um, struggling to uh, break into my house. And this has happened before, uh, not just at this place, at, at most of my other houses, I've locked myself out. Uh, the whole reason I, I replaced all my locks at my house in El Paso with uh, the key keypad locks is is for that reason because i'm always locking myself out but uh, it's always a little bit of a sobering moment just because you realize how actually easy it is for a civilian layperson like myself to break into one's house so uh doesn't doesn't leave you with the safest feeling uh, but i got in no harm um you know everything everything turned out okay so <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much the the news, the big updates. Uh, so as I mentioned, we are are coming off of the midterm elections, and so uh, I wanted to talk t- to some people a little bit about um, just the political climate. And so I'm very excited to have um, my brother Mark um, joining us uh, just after the break to talk about that. Today I have joining me a friend that I'm actually related to. <laughs> so uh, for a first on on this podcast, uh, I'd like to welcome my brother Mark. Hello, glad uh, to be here. Who's joining us from uh, the the great state of Virginia? Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> Western Virginia, not to be confused with West Virginia. Ah. Uh, so what, uh, you know, I know th- there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about, but, um, you know, obviously we just got or are getting through or just got through the the midterm election cycle. And and uh, one thing I did want to I wanted to talk to a lot of friends in different different areas just to kind of get what you know, it was sort of going on in their region. So what, um, I mean, you know, we've seen like the colored maps and everything, the red and blue. How would you describe where, uh, where you live just in a general sense? So West, um, is, well, is, um, little Island of yeah. uh, blue dot in Roanoke city surrounded by more rural areas and um i think for most people think of virginia they probably think of 
the eastern, northeastern part of Virginia near, near DC, DC, where most of the population really is. So, uh, and it's very blue, and much of the rest of the state is red, with mm-hmm. a few dots. Roanoke City being one of them. Roanoke City has a population of about 100,000 people. So it's not, we're not a big city, but we're the biggest city in the area. Um, okay. And yeah, so that's kind of our, our back to our surroundings here. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, I live in California, which is, you know, it, it, it does, I guess it, the, kind of the the narrative is usually you know california is this this progressive utopia uh, but it like a lot of places it, it really isn't i mean yes mm-hmm. it uh, it has a lot to do with just the ginormous urban centers but even you know even san san diego where i'm at is is not that um progressive in terms of numbers i mean we've mm-hmm. been able to enact a lot of uh, local progressive policies but uh you know our current mayor is is openly gay uh, does a lot of stuff in the community uh where i live which is uh which is hillcrest but just before him was a uh, was a republican mayor so mm. it throughout the city like greater san diego i would say it kind of leans you know maybe 55 60 percent to to 40 percent but you know, depending on the area. So it, plus there's also a lot of parts, um, you know, in the less populous parts of the state, of course, um, that are very, uh, Republican. I mean, they, so, um, and probably a lot of libertarian if they're, yes, yes. even <laughs> the rare, the rare true ones. Well, and then, uh, a part I didn't mention that's kind of important is that, um, Virginia overall had, had gone blue as far as governor, um, until this last, not this midterm, but the previous election, um, when Youngkin won, right. and uh, and um, that was kind of a big uh, sadness in the in the progressive community that Virgin- that it was a, you know Virginians allowed the state to go back that way, um, and uh, and then locally it was kind of interesting because um, it was uh, Ella's first um real election that's right and and, um allison's second oldest just turned 18 so it was her first election and uh it was was pretty good they're all uh even then uh, allison's oldest is 20 or 21 um and he actually called and was just getting her opinion on some of the candidates. And mm-hmm. we had a pretty simple slate. We just had our uh, congressional uh, state congressional representative for the district, um, a city count, um, two city council positions to fill, and then one, I guess somebody resigned, so in one short term mm-hmm. uh, council position. And that was all, those long things in the ballot. And um, so, um, but they were both taking it very seriously and researching things and figuring things out. So that was pretty cool. And that's really, uh, I mean, hugely important. I mean, not just, you know, not just for what, what we want the outcome to be, but just the fact that, um, that they're getting involved, um, at the age that they are. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure, well, no, I, I did vote as soon as I was able to, but I, you know, I was not as, um, 
knowledgeable about the issues and the topics. And there's still a lot about, <laughs> about just how government works that I didn't fully comprehend. So, I mean, I don't, um, you know, I don't, obviously it was a different time back then, but, um, yeah, it, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, I, th I think a lot with just the way that we share information makes it, you know, a lot easier for, for, mm. um, for people to do that. And hopefully, you know, I mean, they, depending on where we are, they, they say that age group is, is the group that kind of oh, saved yeah. us. <laughs> this time Thank goodness. Right. Right. <laughs> well, what was interesting is, is uh, when they started asking, um, we, I, else and I suppose sort of knew, you know, knew them and knew who we'd be voting for because they're, they're, it's um, um, people that have been running in different for a while, and one of them was was um, running for re-election. Uh, Klein, the Republican who won for the region, because and there was a redistricting, which was interesting. That went actually went to the went to the Supreme Court, had to actually settle it, and it did. We were we we're as a like I said, as a city, we we're blue, but as a region, we we're red. But it was close because because um, before redistricting, we went a little more east, and included um, another city, Lynchburg. So mm -hmm. obviously, so what they did in the redistricting, they put, they took Lynchburg out of our district, separated the two. So kind of I diluted, mm. you know, but then, but, but in a way it's more fair because what it did was it made it too real, like, okay, that's definitely going to be blue. And then these other counties up here are definitely going to be red. There's never going to be a battle too far here. It's two districts. Maybe they're a little more evenly matched. I don't know. So there's pluses and minus. I guess that's why it was. It was. We started. I actually just did some reading on the redistricting because it came up when we started doing the research and we talked about the fact that Lynchburg wasn't included. And um, I think people thought, or off the bat, that it was Yunkin's fault mm. that that was. I don't think so. He's been only you know this is only two years, and, and if I remember right, there was stuff going on before then, but I had forgotten that I had gone to the court. But it, but um, the Democrats had tried to do a fair redistricting plan, and, and then it just. They never were able to settle it. That's why they ended up going to the courts. But so it's really nobody's. You can't blame the Republicans or Democrats for the, the the Supreme Court did. I guess we can blame them for not being able to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard thing to do. Well, and um, it, it is, and you know, we obviously we're both from from Texas, and Texas is is um, um but there, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think just from what i gather and the, the time i spent living there like texas is that like like lots of other states you know the the urban centers usually you know tip lean blue uh mm -hmm. the rural areas red but i think texas's biggest issue is low voter turnout especially in non-presidential elections and so right. um like I always wonder, like, do you think where where you're from, if if like would would things be more blue? In other words, are they not more blue because the people aren't voting, or is that do you feel it's just a smaller sampler size of where of where everyone is sort of at ideologically? No, I think well, if you look at the numbers, um. Older people, I think, tend to vote more reliably, mm -hmm. and younger people don't. And then 
and also older people tend to skew more conservative and younger people tend to skew more progressive. So those two things, you know. So yeah, yeah. if more I think everybody's talking about how many young people came out, but I think it was only like twenty something percent eligible right. vote, which it's great. It moved up from like I don't know, twelve, fifteen, somewhere, some lower number, some pretty much lower number, but uh, of of a few elections going back, but um, um, but across all ages and across all groups, uh, I think um, obviously most a lot of people don't vote, but white older people. Uh, middle to upper class, I think, have a much higher rate of voting. And I'm not really sure why that is. One reason is, like, it, um, it's a little harder to vote for people who who are in, in certain places. I mean, we saw the lines. Everybody's talking. I was excited about the lines at these colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, that's not right that you have to wait seven hours to vote. Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> hours to vote. That's two, two hours to us. Who can, you know... And it's not a national holiday. It's not a paid holiday. People have stuff to do. That's not really, it's not really fair. So I think there's a lot of practices, um, definitely Republican-led, but a lot of practices that make it harder, harder for people to vote. Um, so, um, but and but for young people, you know, I, I guess going back to when we were young, I, I I voted right away, but I think it took me a long time to realize how important. Uh, off-year elections mm -hmm. were, and and that's honestly been only in the last few cycles, and I'm seeing how that's really important because you know that um, there's a lot of money behind um, going to local elections from from a lot of uh, conservative um, organizations. So that's something we have to be careful for, which is good to see in the midterms. A lot of governor and um, other state level. Um, good results. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was glad to see, or <laughs> more relieved to see that a lot of uh, a lot of things, especially like in Arizona, didn't didn't quite uh, turn out the way yeah, that, we feared. That one would uh, be hard to feel respectful of other citizens that let something like that be. The, I mean, that's that Carrie Lake. Oh my goodness, she's so bad. Mm -hmm. And it was so close. It's crazy. Well, no, you know, we we still, you know, everyone kind of breathed, breathed. Sorry, past tense, uh, sigh of relief after getting Nevada. But I mean, it would it, it we still need Georgia runoff. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't. We used to. I was talking to someone at uh, my local watering hole, and uh, I, do you remember the? the election, the primary where, where Howard Dean, uh, <laughs> you know, where he had that disastrous moment after winning the primary where he basically just yelled Scream. out of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. then that, that ruined him. Weirdly. He was done. Weirdly, but <laughs> still, right. And yeah. now it's just, you know, when we talk about, you know, how, how, how these people get to be such prominent candidates. I mean, Herschel Walker and, uh carrie lake and then all the all the others um but it's just i don't get there's no such thing anymore um it doesn't matter it's it's really it's really odd how to me how i guess i've always known voters to to kind of be able to put aside their um their grievances with the candidate for one or two issues 
but it was usually you know not, not something so broad and um you know essential to human rights i guess so mm. i just i don't understand like when you have a, a candidate like that what what is it what is the thing that you need to happen that you're willing to accept all the other garbage about this person to get your one thing right i'm not sure it's 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 strange i had um just in a little facebook post kind of thing some some um trumper conservative from it's actually somebody back connected through uh back in el, in el paso or well, in texas area anyway mm-hmm. uh, and they actually just posted something saying saying something about uh, because of um oh katie hobbs saying mm-hmm. okay Katie Hobbs just proved Democrats will would vote for the, the scarecrow if you put a D in front of his name. And I'm like, Herschel Walker, are you don't <laughs> can you how can you not get the how can you say that? It's like, are you blind to that? It's like it's, I, and they are. They're just uh, this shows you what ideology will, will do. And we know that, but I mean it's so strong, it's just crazy. Well, I think I think one thing that that was proven to us is the power. Well, th- the realization of the power of branding, and maybe that's more mm-hmm. of what it is. It's just it's a brand. I mean that, um, you know the whole the whole Trump machine knew that and figured that out, and you know essentially that's 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 what they have. They built a brand. I mean people people do that all the time with apple product you know and and things mm-hmm. like that they will buy an i whatever it's it's a very similar type of thing i just don't understand why you know i get why people want iphones and macbooks because you know they're they're sleek they look cool they do stuff you know they're 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 useful machines but i i guess i don't see the um the visceral um attraction to you know, some of these people that represent this brand. So, yeah, uh, I think somehow, you know, they tap into uh, parts of human nature, that tribal, that, that tribal part. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where that loyalty and, and uh, following and desire to ignore other st- stuff comes from. I think, I think, I don't know. This has to be, you know, that it's your football team or your country mm-hmm. at some, for whatever reason, that cult of personality, you want to call it whatever. Um, you know, Trump, why does someone, and it's not just Trump. I mean, Trump, you know, is, is like the, the, the point of the spear. Or you right. want to say whatever it's all Trump. that this, this has been you know, something that's been building up to this for a while. Um, and, you know, opportunists, Seem to like him seem to pop up at the right times in history, strangely. Right. And and it's good to see though that there's a lot of uh, um Republicans coming out who are who are being anti Trump again right now. So we'll see what happens to the party with maybe it'll be a you know, I'm afraid to say I that it's gonna be good for Trump to run because it'll split the Republican Party. 
but you know, I, we said I said the same thing before that he right. was. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not at this time. I'm real nervous because it's it. We don't. One thing is, well, two things. One, we don't. We we have trouble seeing the same thing in ourselves that we that we are critical of in others. So, you know, the the same thing where we talk about, oh, they, you know, everyone's brainwashed by Trump. I mean, how many how many people, how many of the Bernie Bros and what have you, you know, were were mm-hmm. a significant part of that process mm-hmm. against you know against get, getting Hillary elected, but. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of the same things, you know, and when when Trump ran that there is, you know, a ton of Republican um, people in the primaries and no one took him seriously and they underestimated him. And they, you know, the one thing that that the left kind of does is they go they go after, you know, I guess like the low hanging fruit and the and the irrelevant things like they they assume that since he lost last time like he's not he's not even a threat mm-hmm. and i'm worried that that's exactly what's what happened first because same thing everyone was like, oh my gosh can you believe like he is such a joke like, it's gonna be so hilarious to watch him yeah the process so- and then he ended up winning <laughs> Uh, I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm really, I'm, I'm not, I'm, and I'm also not hopeful that there's going to be any legal, you know, maybe a slim piece of hope because there should be based on the stuff I read. I can't see why there's not more, um, any legal action on the, on the documents stuff. We'll see about that. I just, I don't trust mm-hmm. that at all. So I'm pretty nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, to back to your point about local election, local elections being important. You know, that's where a lot of uh, attorneys general and secretaries of state and people, even at the the local level, that are in charge of elections mm-hmm. uh, and determining and certifying and all that other stuff. That that's that's going to be very important because, you know, I mean they're. <laughs> There right. are people looking there they ran plenty of people that that they were after that you know it's important they were after it for sure so mm-hmm. yeah had some favorable results there thank goodness so yeah but I guess we'll see what what's to come in in the hellscape right I guess it was a good sign that um a lot of trump candidates and and uh election deniers lost so hopefully mm-hmm. that's probably what's giving some of the people speaking out, you know, they're wanting to get ahead of where, they, you know, people are, a lot of these politicians are opportunists. So maybe they're trying to get what, on this, what they might, what they think is the right side, but they'll just like before, I think if the power level, if the power dynamics change, they'll jump right back on. You know, how many people said, oh, what was Mitch McConnell even saying? Like he'll destroy the Republican party and stuff. And as soon as Trump had power, he's like kissing up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, before we uh, we wrap up um, here, just just a final question for you: yeah. Have you yourself ever considered running for any kind of office? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, um, not really at all. But I, 
I uh, I like that there's outreach in in our community to encourage people who are in politics. Actually, there's a lot of outreach just happening recently about that mm-hmm. getting people uh, to run for council and things like that. We've had a, and we have a real good variety of people on the city council, and, and um, uh, it's not just your you know business leaders, business owners kind of people. Um, so that's I think I think we've seen a lot of that. But personally, I don't know. I have no desire. Not your calling. <laughs> oh. How about you? Yeah, I don't. I I maybe briefly um, in a I'm sure in a delirious state maybe entertained semblance of you know something at the local level. Um, but it's just so it's, well so much work all the mm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have you know a couple of couple of people that i know you know friends of mine that have have run or you know ran some successfully some not uh, for office and hmm. just seeing like how much work they do first of all i mean they have to being talk about brand you have to be on brand on message right. all the time and so if you're you know you you're working on that you're doing that you're running you're going to events you're visiting people trying to get elected and then once you're elected Okay, well, you've got all the all the regular stuff about your job, but then you're also, you know, working on reelection, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like I don't I don't know that I have the capacity to, I don't know, just just to do all that. I I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm very easily distracted, <laughs> uh, and I get I you know I I lose motivation when when something. You know, when I don't have something, it's like, oh, the broom's all the way on the other side of the house. Oh, never mind. I would do it. I mean, you know, I can't even, I can't even get well, through chores. Yeah, you know, it's different, like for work or things that, that you're um, engaged and responsible for. We tend to get our energy up and get that stuff done. When it's just for ourselves, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should, you know, if you have any inkling, that's what, that's what I think. I, mean, I think, and that's a discussion I have about, I, I don't like the idea that, um, and, I, and I'll correct people all the time on like, oh, pol- politics is dirty. Politicians are bad. Politicians. It's like, no. We, first of all, grouping and all blank is like this is just a bad moral argument, and mm-hmm. it's not the productive in society at all. And second, po- you know, are are the statement that I'm not interested in politics. Politics is his life. Your whole life revolves around it, and we shouldn't. And politicians, it shouldn't be a dirty word. Um, obviously, there's reasons we get money out of politics and stuff, but but I think we, we have to change the idea of what politics is about. And, and politicians are just people. They're just citizens. Mm-hmm. And yes, they should be treated that way. And yes, we have issues about, you know, uh, how, how laws are applied and things like that. Those are things we need to fix. We don't need to destroy the idea. Um, and and so, yeah, I think if, more, if we could get more people in um, politics who um have whose interest isn't just in using that as a leverage for more business in the future or or something like that a real interest in their community that's a good thing yeah well i don't know we'll see i I, it's no secret i've shared with many people that i i am looking to retire as soon as i possibly can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I know like to do, you know, to actually do that. I mean, you only get a, a small chunk of that. And I thought, 
oh, well, maybe, you know, that's a time in my life where I can focus on more, hmm. you know, enacting more change. So working right. for a nonprofit or, or something where I know right. I don't, I wouldn't be reliant entirely upon that for income. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. And get out of the community and meet the, uh, the people that are involved in some of that stuff would be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's also, I, I, I don't know if my self-esteem could handle not being popular enough to win a, a local <laughs> election. So <laughs> yes, beat badly, but it really hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it would. But, you know, at the same time, I think every politician's lost an election, right? I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's, you know, 10 and 0 in politics or 3 and 0, even or 4 and 0, maybe a couple of local 4 and 0. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some where it's like really corrupt and they've been in there 50 years, but whatever. Right. But generally speaking, I think, right, you get, most everybody loses. That's true. I mean, look at Beto O'Rourke. He's 0 and 3. Poor guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think he's, I don't think his, you know, I don't think among his followers, his image is tarnished as a loser. It's just, I think, to me anyway, I'm not down in Texas feeling it. Maybe some are, but I just think it's the machine that he's against, really, right? It, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's such tough sledding. And, and, you know, I'm sure uh, if, if uh, my friend from Texas, um, if we get their segment on here, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it, it's one of the worst states in terms of suppression and, and gerrymandering voter districting. I mean, I think there's a, at least at one point, there is a district that, so the, that covered from, I think the county next to El Paso. So just to the, to the East uh, that included that all the way to like a portion of San Antonio. And so <laughs> it's this thin strip of, <laughs> and, and i mean first of all that's in two two different time zones for those of you who aren't that aren't from texas but uh just even within the urban cities it's it's uh i don't know it, it's just it's it's nuts and it's all i mean it's all part of the system i mean the school the way we draw school boundaries is the same thing i remember um you know when i was working for the public schools in uh in el paso but also uh, like in Austin, um, there are lots of parts in the city where if you, you know, we build a new school, but it would be district uh, or it would be, yeah, zoned in such a way that it would exclude certain, mm. certain neighborhoods right. such that like you would drive or walk past the new school to get to your school, which was actually further away from, from where you live. So yeah anyway um well thank you so much for um for spending part of your well part of your afternoon part of my morning here right my pleasure it's great talking to you all right well to wrap things up um for uh this new format um the last segment i'll be doing on these is just just sort of some general recommendations about, um, you know, whatever whatever is out there in the media that I've either been uh, watching, listening to, uh, reading, or what have you. Uh, so um, nothing nothing super insightful, um, other than just telling you about my experience and whether I think you should watch it or not. But I 
Um, as I may have mentioned before, I've been trying to to stagger my streaming subscriptions so you know that I'm not paying for them all at once because that is like a thousand dollars all at once. Um, so I'm trying to go month to month, you know, like maybe having Netflix for a month and then catching up on all that and then so on and so forth. So, so I'm in the, uh, the HBO max phase, which means, uh, I started watching, um, a few things. I, uh, I started watching the, uh, game of Thrones prequel, the, uh, house of the dragon, which I refer to as the dragon show. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's about what I expected, um, so far, um, only a couple of episodes into that, but, uh, I was telling someone yesterday, like, it's such a, just like Game of Thrones, it's such a dense show that I actually caught myself, um, looking at the screen, just trying to understand and figure out, uh, people's names. Um, the, the, the names are very, uh, similar, uh, and, and not just human people names, like the dragon names too. So, uh, I remember when Game of Thrones came, came out, I easily went back and rewatched episodes, um, two or three times just to, because it's so dense, but, um, yeah, so that's been, that's been fun. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, violence and, uh, and, and dragons and, and all that sort of thing, then you'll love that. Uh, also on HBO, I've been watching the second season of a wonderful show called Avenue Five, uh, which is, I believe, uh, about a, a, a. I think the episodes are about um, a half hour or so. So it's it's um, it's an easy show to get through. Um, and it star. It's got a great cast. Stars uh, Hugh Laurie, who you might remember from from House and some other things, as well as uh, Josh Gad uh, and and some other folks. But is uh, that's a great show, I think. Um, and uh, the other thing that I've been watching on um, HBO Max is the the second season i guess of the vow which is about the um the nexium executive leadership seminar club turned uh sex cult um and it's really you know trigger trigger warning for for some very um traumatic uh, content because they're you know they're speaking to people that have lived through um, just the, the sort of manipulation and, and, um, um, coercion that, uh, the leader of this group subjected, subjected a lot of, a lot of, uh, of the women to, um, but it's, you know, it's very compelling. Um, and I think just to, just in a manner of understanding just how, um, how these, people coordinate and orchestrate the the power that they're able to to have and hold over people in order to get them to do what they want i mean it's um it's really kind of mind-blowing how um you know i think a lot of times we're we're quick to you know victim blame and like well why didn't why didn't you just leave this situation or why did you let them do that and it's it's not 
it's never that simple. And so uh, I think this shines a light on how that is done. Uh, the other thing that's been interesting is I've I've come across or I've met one person and and realized that there's another person that I uh, see in a you know intermittently here and there that sound just like uh, Keith Raniere, um, who is the you know the person that was um, at the the head of this group, this Nixium group, and so that's that's been a little unsettling for me. Uh, because they, one of them in particular sounds just like him. So when I, I hear the voice, it's kind of a little off-putting. Um, and so I don't know I don't know what I would do if I uh, if something came out and realized that a, a, a terrible person uh, sounds just like me. I, I don't know if I would probably try to maybe alter the the tone of my voice or something somehow but anyway um other than that those are pretty much the things that i've been trying to catch up on uh this week um i did want to kind of give a shout out to a uh, social media profile that i've been following um it's just it's a silly it's not a it's not a you know a political or social justice one which you know of course is always something that's important to me but uh this one is just a, a silly fun one it's uh i believe they are based out of um germany but it's a a pair of entertainers that uh go by the name Siegfried und Joy and the best way that I can describe them is they are uh, kind of street performer, comedy, terrible magicians. Uh, and when I say terrible, it's one of those when you see it, you'll understand what I mean by that. Um, but it's it's intentional, uh, but it's it's just uh, it apparently has taken on a whole whole thing uh in germany and they even had people dressing up as them for halloween and all that so so a lot of fun Sieg, siegfried und joy and i'll post the um the link to that perhaps on our social medias so uh anyway that about wraps it up uh for today so thanks for for sticking around um i want to th- say thanks again to uh to my brother mark this week for for providing his valuable insight uh always great to talk to him and catch up and i'm sure um he will be a repeat guest on that so uh so lots to look forward to um i believe next episode we might still be on the same topic of politics uh hopefully we'll be uh talking to another member of my family and i know maybe that sounds like i don't have friends anymore so i have to (laughs) have to coerce my family uh, into doing on this but now the the honest truth is that i just i've been really wanting to have them uh on this show because you know family family is friends and vice versa um so i'm just glad to finally be able to have the opportunity to do that and again more importantly it uh, it gives us a chance to to just connect so uh thank you all for tuning in and uh, we will see you next time
Thank you for listening to this episode of Fairweather Friends. Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Feel free to connect with us by leaving us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairweatherfriends. Also, you can connect with us on social media.